We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. Morning, church. Isn't the greatest place to be? Man, I love church. Love looking at you guys too, because what I see is a room full of potential. A room full of people who can make such a radical difference. Yeah? Or is it just me? Yeah, it's, sometimes I look and I think, hmm. Some look excited. Some don't look so excited. Some look really tired. A few young people over there, they're yawning. They're thinking, hurry up, please. But you know what? There's something within us. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a representation of the power of God here and now, aren't we? And I wonder, because I'm talking about building a church for tomorrow. See, we hear this word legacy getting thrown around a bit. What if I've done it wrong? What if I've spent my life succeeding at the wrong thing? Have you ever thought about that with legacy? I thought about that. I looked and I thought, what is actually important? What matters to the next generation? What actually matters for us as a church of people? Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. See, we talk about building for tomorrow, but what does that mean? What does it mean for our own children? Is our whole legacy stuff? Is it whoever accumulates the most stuff wins? Or whoever gives their kid money, you know, I've got to set my kid up, I've got to give him 100 grand, I've got to give him 200 grand. Is that what a good legacy is? See, we've got the picture of um, a story about the prodigal son. You remember him, he took the whole inheritance, he went out, spent it all. He was after stuff. He comes home, his father embraces him, loves him. And then we see the other brother who's got something in his heart that says, why are you spending my inheritance on him? What's the problem in the middle of that? There's a father in the middle of that and what do his kids want? I want your stuff. Because life's just about stuff, isn't it? You know, the funny thing is, I've been to some funerals, a lot of them. Do you know what I've never seen? A hearse with a tow bar. You don't have your hearse and then your twin axle trailer. You don't get to the gravesite and they've got the bobcat putting all your stuff in there with you, do you? But yeah, we think, what can I accumulate on this journey? What can I get? I wonder sometimes if we miss the very crux of that story that screams relationship with the Father, not relationship with stuff. And I think sometimes we kind of lose a bit of sight of that. The good news is that if you have messed it up, do you know your legacy is not etched in stone? Do you know while you're alive, legacy can be fixed? A corpse can't change anything, but while there's breath in you, 
so much can be transformed. Scriptures say in 1 Timothy 4, 8, For while bodily training is of some value, thank goodness for that, only some value, as you can see, I'm ripped, not. Yeah, all right, I'll just let that go. Godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. Talks here about godliness. It says, yeah, all of the other stuff is okay. It's great to live a healthy lifestyle, but what about the spiritual stuff? What about the stuff that you actually can't see? The stuff that you are building into the lives around you. Because, you know, even if you've done it wrong and this morning you turned around, do you know God is expert at building on broken foundations? He is an expert about taking the broken and repairing it and saying, okay, let's start again. Okay, what matters most? Do you know, I look at my kids and more than anything, have you ever had the conversation with your kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Do you know when my daughter was little, what she wanted to be? A fire truck. <laughs> Not a fire person, a fire truck. She actually wanted to be the vehicle. Now, I'm glad she's not that. Make family gatherings really weird. You know, but it is amazing who she's become. Because we built in and we said, career is not everything. Career is something you do. It's not who you are. It's more important for you to be connected to an awesome God. Everything else will work its way out. I mean, can you imagine that? If you earliest recollection of what you want to be when you grow up, could you imagine if that was you now? Man alive, well, we'd have a fire truck, wouldn't we? We'd have half a dozen things. Some very, very strange ones on your child that want to be a kangaroo. But we've got to realise we have an infinitely creative God. Infinitely creative. So when we come to him, the doors fly open on our creativity. We begin to dream. I want my kids to dream, don't you? I want my kids to dream where the sky's not the limit. Where God is. And we all know he's bigger. We all know he's more capable. And then he puts into each of our kids a spiritual gift. Something that they do better than anyone else. Something that they're put together for to make a difference. Listen to 2 Timothy 1 verses 5 to 6. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Grandma's faith, mum's faith, the kids' faith. Scripture nails it. What is important to be passed on? You pass on what lasts for eternity because everything else ends up gone. You remember, naked you come into the world? You live the same way. 
What does that mean for us as a church? What does that mean for us as a people? How do we build? What are we going to put together? John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Do you know when we look around outside, we have a needy community, don't we? Even if they don't know it. And some people, they just don't. You go down and people say, there is a hole in here I cannot fill. But you know who fills that hole. You know where fullness comes from. You know it comes from a relationship with God. So us as a church, as a people, we're gifted to fill that need. Gifted to outreach into the ones around us. I think where we fall down sometimes is the church of tomorrow is the one that connects with God today. Everything else we throw resource at, we throw things into, not realizing our connection to the king is the one thing that matters. Personally and corporately. Do you know when we call a prayer meeting, everybody's going to shove their hand up and say, prayer is so important. Why is it a small meeting then? If it changes things, why is it small? If you were told, come to a meeting where the world will be transformed. Just don't call it prayer. And I don't think anyone would say it's not important. We all know it is. But aren't knowing and doing two radically different things? Motivating ourselves to get up. And realize that when we connect with God, dreams begin to flow from that place. Because too many. You're with me on this? You seem awful quiet. That's a bit better. But how do we build that? How do we actually begin to build into something that's going to make a difference? Particularly, look at us. Have a look at the person beside you. If you're online and you're home alone, grab a picture of someone or something. But you understand how radically different we all are. But we don't often understand how radically important each of us is. Because life is a combination of battles, blessings. Doesn't just come automatically, does it? Sometimes it just takes raw determination to push through life. We need direction to push, a bit of daring as well. You know that risk flutter you get when you got this new idea? When you think, will this work, won't this work? When Phil comes to a meeting and says, God told me. And I'm, I'm looking at him and thinking, are there butterflies? There must be. There's got to be. You know, when you dare to believe God for something that you think we've never done that before. 
to actually put direction forwards. We have a vision as a people of God, don't we? We know what God put us here to do. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Oh man, you guys are quiet. I'm really excited about See, we go beyond foundation to tools now. Because I went up to my dad's recently and we did that whole declutter you, dad. Dad, if you're watching, really sorry. We're getting rid of stuff out of his house. And he says, would you like some of grandpa's tools? My grandfather was a plumber in England. I have some tools. I have no idea what they are. There's a, a gearbox looking thing. Apparently it breaks up ice somehow. In your toilet pipe. I live in Nambour. There ain't no ice in my toilet pipe. And I'm thinking, what is it? And Dad goes, oh, they're good tools. I'm sure they're good tools. I have no idea what they are. If you go to Working Bee and you come to Christmas at Life Point, someone says, we have to build a fence. And they say, here it is. You're going to say, I beg pardon? But this, this puts... Screws into timber, doesn't it? We can sit there, line it up. <sighs> so therapeutic. Oh, I hope I don't screw this to the table. That would be funny, though. <laughs> can you imagine doing that hundreds and hundreds of times? The drama we have is simply this. We're trying to hand our next generation these. when we could give them this. <laughs> now, this is something you want to build a fence with, isn't it? Nail gun's even better, but if you've got to take it apart, this will do the job. See, the drama is, this is great. This is therapeutic. Yes, this is a screwdriver. But it's the old way of doing things. And while I love our heritage, while I dearly love my grandpa... I don't want to use his stuff. I want to respect him for having it, but I'm not going to sit there with a fence with this rotten thing and go over and over because guess what it is? It's ineffective and it's exhausting. We're building a church for tomorrow. It's not with old tools because they just don't work as well. I can walk around with either my Bible and I love my Bible. I love the feel. An iPhone and a six-year-old to teach you how to use it. <laughs> Isn't that true? We've got generations coming that are fluent with this. Our communication is no longer hampered by geography. Understand what that means, church. That we can preach the gospel in countries we've never even set foot in. Hey? Never even set foot in, and yet the gospel can go. As we preach the word in here, it can be seen in countries all over the place.
It can encourage people who can't even come out of their homes because of sickness. It can transform lives. I love this age. I don't understand half the technology and I'm the IT guy. I look at some of it and somebody goes, oh, it does that. I'm thinking, that would have saved me a lot of time. But we have to learn to appreciate this. If we need to replace something to be more effective for the gospel, why don't we just do that? If we need to change our preferences for a move of God, surely we can do that. Surely we're not saying come and use old tools to do a new job because we know God's the same, we know people are the same, but the methodology changes, doesn't it? If we see young people leaving our churches, why are they leaving? Is it because we're handing them screwdrivers? We're saying this is the way we've always done it. You know, we've got a ladder here and I really, really, we, I got a love-hate ladder relationship with the ladder. Actually, no, it's a hate-hate. I hate the ladder and the ladder hates me. I get up there and it doesn't bend as much because I'm a little bit slimmer than I used to be. But the ladder gets this huge curve in the middle. And then I'll carry a 50 kilo light up the ladder and it gets a bit more. And I watch the ladder sort of slowly getting shorter. But then at the bottom, more times than not, I have Chris. And Chris is my ladder holder. And you know what? When Chris is there, way more confidence going up that ladder. When Chris is there to hold that ladder, I know I've got support. I know I've got his strength. I know that he is watching what's going on. Now he could look and think, isn't that a boring job? But aren't we a church for tomorrow? A church for tomorrow means that maybe your job is a ladder holder. Who are you holding the ladder for? Because sometimes we get up the ladder and think, I am the ladder king. This is all about me and my ladder. It's not. If we're a church for tomorrow, it means we're holding someone else's. Because it takes faith to be a ladder holder. It takes confidence to be a ladder holder. It takes sacrifice. Because you're holding that ladder so someone can climb higher. And it's not us. Do you know, I watched that Cars 3 movie. I love the Cars movies. Big kid at heart. I'm going through there and all of a sudden it's not about Lightning McQueen anymore. It's about the yellow car, the girl one. And all of a sudden God says, that's you, mate. I said, I beg your pardon? He said, you need to pull back and release the next generation because they're the future of the church. He says, you've got it to the base, to the top of your ladder. It's now time to hold theirs. It's now time to believe in them, to draw out giftedness and see the church thrive. Do you agree? Then here's the question, whose ladder are you holding?
I wonder if I went through our awesome young people, our teens, how many of you actually know them? Let alone build into them. Let alone say, I am cheering for you. Every successive generation is supposed to hold the ladder for the next. How about we be them? Does it sound like, if it sounds like a good idea, stand up. If you're willing to hold the ladder for the next generation. You realise this is going to change the church, don't you? You realise this will change the Sunshine Coast. And you realise that when you stand up and say, yes, God says, saw ya. You used your legs, you got up, saw ya. So now you're responsible for your decision. I wonder in 12 months, what will we be like? What will life point be? If we hold the ladder and we cheer, we say we are the church of tomorrow. We're not going to become it. We are now. Because we're building, we're praying, we're having faith for those to come. No longer do we give old tools, old revelation. We need to be the church that connects with the King.